Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. there. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. We're going to do something today that I try not to do. Sometimes. It just seems like good policy to me that if you're trying a new recipe, you should try it the way it was written first, because it was probably written that way for a reason. But (laughs) I often look at a recipe and think, well, yeah, I can see how that's going to be. And what if it was better from the outset? So today, I am doing a recipe from Taste of Home called Cinnamon Swirl Quick Bread. It's a quick bread, like, you know, banana bread, that kind of thing. But it's just sort of a plain, sweet, yellow kind of bread with no particular personality to it. And it has a cinnamon sugar swirl in the middle of it. And then a kind of a simple powdered sugar drizzle on the top. The picture looks good. The idea seems good. I started to pull out the ingredients to do it. And then I realized that the only flavoring in this is the cinnamon swirl. And my first thought was, if I was going to make cinnamon rolls, what ingredients would I use? And my second thought was, once I had that filling, the ripple Would I want just plain unflavored sweetbread around that? And while you could certainly do that, it seems a waste of cake batter to me to do that. Why not throw some things in? So in my very first try on this recipe, we are going to change it up and hope that we don't regret it later. I'll give you the ingredients that are in the list, and then I'll tell you what we're going to do differently. There are two cups of all-purpose flour, one and a half cups of sugar, which you're supposed to use in two different places. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have a cup of plain white sugar, and I am going to have a half a cup of brown sugar, a teaspoon of baking soda, a half a teaspoon of salt, a cup of buttermilk, a large egg, a quarter of a cup of canola oil, and three teaspoons of ground cinnamon. And then for the glaze, it's just a little powdered sugar and a little milk. What I am doing differently, in addition to the brown sugar, 
is, I think I want a little texture to this. So I'm going to add some finely chopped pecans. I don't know how much yet, probably not a ton, but maybe a third of a cup or so. And I think a pinch of nutmeg and maybe a little vanilla. I'm going to have to decide as I go on those things. It just seems a crime to have just plain sweet bread without some kind of you know, personality to it. Why would we do that? And again, I may regret this, but that's my thinking at this moment in time. There are a couple of do-aheads. The first is that your egg should be at room temperature. So you need to either get it out way ahead, you know, like an hour ahead, or set it somewhere where it can kind of warm up a little bit. As many of you know, I often use my cleavage for that, but I've also, the other day, I set it down on the hearth of my fireplace, and I let them sit there for a little while, and then I went and spun them the other direction so that the back side got toasty, or not toasty, just warmed up a little bit, and then I used them. So anyway, need to warm up that egg, and we need to preheat the oven to 350. Actually, let me do that. There we go. My buttermilk is also a do-ahead for me. This is a tip for you. It's really useful. I find that I buy a little carton of buttermilk for a recipe, and then I don't get around to using the rest of it for some time. I'd have to actually look for a recipe to use it in, and I'd rather just have it come up when it naturally comes up. So I'd put it into ice cube trays and I freeze it. Whatever's left after my first recipe, I put it in the freezer. And then I take them out of the ice cube tray and I put them in a Ziploc bag. And I mark on the outside what it is, because I also do this with half and half and sometimes with whipping cream. And then you pull them out. And buttermilk is, of course, what helps a baking soda-based batter kind of rise a little bit. Because you need that acid in there to interact with the soda. You know, like, have you ever put baking soda and vinegar together? You get a sizzle, and those air bubbles help make the bread rise. So the acid in the buttermilk is the same. If you don't have buttermilk, you can put about a cup of half and half or milk or even heavy cream in a container and then add a few drops of either white vinegar or lemon juice. For this, I think the lemon juice, even a quarter of a teaspoon is probably enough to sour it. But anyhow, what I was trying to say was, because I freeze my buttermilk, it makes it a do-ahead for me because I have to get it out ahead of time and let it defrost and turn back into liquid before I can use it. And I know that my ice cube tray, each cube is about two tablespoons. So for a cup, I needed eight of them because there are 16 tablespoons in a cup. And it came just a hair shy So I'm going to bring that up to where it's supposed to be with a little heavy cream. It's like a tablespoon or so, maybe even less than that. Now, this is one of those recipes that I get to use as an example of why you need to read the recipe all the way through before you start cooking. The first step in this recipe is to preheat your oven and then start making your batter. The second step out of three, there's only three steps is the one that tells you that you need to have a nine by five loaf pan and that you need to grease the bottom only of that and have it ready to go when this batter is ready. To me, that's the first thing. It should say the equipment. So I'm telling you now, here's the equipment you're gonna need. You're gonna need a large bowl, need a nine by five loaf pan, 
and I have a couple eight and a half by four and a half, and I have one that's nine and a half by five and a half. I am going to go with slightly larger rather than slightly smaller, just because I don't want it to overflow, and I don't know what this is going to do, having not made it before. And you'll need a toothpick to test the doneness on this, and you'll need a little bowl to create your glaze in. These directions also kind of bury a step. And I'm going to take that little buried step and move it to the top. That means I want to make the filling first so that it's all ready to go. We need a little bowl. And to that bowl, now here's where I, one of the modifications takes place. It wants me to put a half a cup of plain granulated sugar in there. And I know that if I were making cinnamon rolls, I would be using brown sugar instead Instead of just plain cinnamon sugar, I am, therefore, going to use brown sugar for the filling. And I will use plain sugar in the batter itself. So I'm going to use a half a cup. And the question is whether to pack it or not. Because brown sugar is almost always packed. But this is replacing granulated sugar. I'm going to lightly pack it. But I'm not going to sweat it too much. And I'm going to put that in this smaller bowl here. And to that... I'm going to add three teaspoons of ground cinnamon. Effectively, that's a tablespoon. I don't know why they didn't just say that. Three teaspoons ground cinnamon. Well, there's three teaspoons in a tablespoon. So I am just going to use my tablespoon measure. It's not a big deal either way. There's just this feeling of, well, I know that that's a tablespoon, so I'm going to use a tablespoon because I'm so smarter. I'm smarter than they are. That's really what this is about. I'm sad to admit it. And now comes the next modification. I have a bag of pecan pieces. And I am going to measure out, I think, a third of a cup of these. I hope this is not too many. Yep, that's too many. All right, I'm going to pour those back in the bag. And we're going to try a quarter of a cup instead. I don't want them to dominate this recipe. I just think it some texture and flavor would be a good idea. All right, now we're trying the quarter cup and see how that looks. Yeah, I think that'll be okay. I'm putting it out onto a flexible cutting mat and I am going to use a sharp, heavy chef's knife and I'm going to cut them down a little farther. I don't want big lumps. I just want little crunchy bits so that as you're eating a piece, there's something fun for your tongue to notice and your teeth. So I'm just chopping them down a little smaller than they are. I would say they started as about the size of two peas put together. And I am chopping them down to be the size of, I want to say toffee bits, but I don't know if you'll know what I mean by that. Um, they're small. They're the size of really large peppercorns. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to tell you. You don't have to chop them at all if you like big nuts. If you like them finer, just chop them to what looks like it'll be entertaining to your mouth or leave them out altogether because they aren't even in the original recipe. I am going to put those now in with the brown sugar and cinnamon and stir that up a bit. This is essentially the filling this is like cinnamon roll filling, right? You roll out the dough, you sprinkle the filling over the top. So it needs to be mixed well. All the brown sugar needs to be uncompressed. 
And the cinnamon needs to be mixed evenly through there. So that, to me, is the second step. The first would have been turning on the oven, which they do have as step one. This is buried at the end of step two. I'm now moving that to step one. It's obnoxious when you have cooked a lot and you start feeling like you know better than what the recipe says. It really, I'm sure, is obnoxious. Now I'm going to grease my pan. And it says bottom only. And I'm going to take them at their word. I'm just spraying it with a little canola oil. Done. And now we make the batter. Into the large bowl, we measure a cup and a half of the flour. And I am going to do that the way I pretty much always do, which is stir it up, aerate the flour with a spoon, and scoop it into the measuring cup until we get to the top. Scrape it off with the handle of the spoon and dump that in the bowl. And then do that again a second time so you get both cups of flour in there but it's been aerated and lightly spooned into a cup. And now the cup of white sugar goes in the bowl with that, along with a teaspoon of baking soda. I hope my buttermilk's melted now that I'm thinking about the baking soda. And a half a teaspoon of salt. Then I'm just gonna kind of stir that up. And even though I read the recipe all the way through, multiple times I just realized that I missed something that I should have told you in the beginning because now I see we needed to have another container. I happen to have allowed my buttermilk to defrost in a two cup measuring cup. And there's a cup of buttermilk in there and it's good that I have that extra space because that's where the egg is gonna go and the canola oil. If you happen to have used a one-cup measuring cup, you're going to need a bowl for this next part. A second bowl, smallish but big enough that you can mix some things together. In with the buttermilk, we put one egg. Oh, no. Damn it. Oh, I just dropped shell in here, you guys. Ah, and I can't see it because the buttermilk's completely white. Oh, I... Uh. Once in a while, when I'm smart, I advocate for cracking your egg into a bowl first so that that exact thing doesn't happen. Damn. Okay, well, this shell is just flaking and it's going everywhere. Now I don't know if I have maybe even more than one piece in there. I'm going to have to be really careful when I pour it in. I'll pour it through a sieve. That's what I'll do. Oh, lordy. That's so annoying, and it's just carelessness. So now it's in a small bowl, and I am dumping it into the buttermilk, and I'm adding a quarter of a cup of canola oil. This could probably be something other than canola. Oh, this now comes with the egg. It comes to a cup and a quarter. So I can just add the canola oil in until it's about a cup and a half. Ta-da, perfect. I started to say it could be probably just vegetable oil or something. Just something that doesn't have its own distinctive flavor. And then I'm going to whisk that together in the measuring cup. If it needs to be in a bowl for you, that's still the same principle. And gosh, I don't know, maybe if you crack the egg in first, you could see if you managed to get shell in it and get it out of there before you added the buttermilk to it and the oil. Okay, now... Once that's all mixed up, we're gonna add that to the dry ingredients. And because I am who I am, I have to do it through a sieve. 
don't feel that this is necessary for you unless you also drop shell into your mixture. Just add the whole shebang to the dry ingredients. Oh, there's the shell. Oh, my God. There are three pieces of shell in here, at least. So these, st these stayed in the measuring cup. They're stuck to the glass wall. And there could still be more here as I get the rest of this out of the sieve. Yes, crack your egg into a bowl first. <sighs> you know, one time I cracked an egg directly into a mixture and it turned out that the egg was rotten. It was dark green and I managed to catch it just before it dripped in to the batter. But had I not, I would have ruined the whole batch. And all you have to do to prevent that if you hear a noise, that's because I'm scraping the mixture through the sieve here. The oil doesn't want to go through very well. All you have to do to prevent that egg thing from happening is crack it into a bowl first. It's such a simple thing. And yet, I'll do that for maybe the next three or four recipes. And then I get cocky again. And say, oh, I don't need to do that. And, and then here we go. And oh, yep, there's, wow. Yep, another, and these are not small pieces of shell. These are whoppers, because that eggshell was really thin and it just sort of shattered. Arrogance. You know, I think even professional cooks, if they get arrogant and start taking shortcuts and making assumptions and thinking they know better, they could end up in this same boat. I'm surprised how much of this doesn't want to go through the sieve. I guess the buttermilk and the oil are really pretty dense. And whack it out of there now that I got the eggshell. Yeah, that's working. I feel better. I don't want to leave it behind. I might need it. Now we stir this together. The wet stuff and the dry stuff. And you know what? See, I meant to do this with the dry ingredients. Now I forgot. I am going to add a pinch of nutmeg. I'm adding a heaping eighth of a teaspoon of nutmeg to the batter. And now the question about the vanilla. I'm going to put that in too. And I got a half teaspoon sitting right here that I use for the baking soda. So that's what I'm putting in. It's all just guesswork. You got that, right? Now, stirring them together. If I'd been doing best practices, the vanilla should have been added to the liquid mixture and the nutmeg should have been added to the dry ingredients. That's my oven saying it's ready for me because then you don't end up with lumps of nutmeg in here. Now, we don't want to over stir it. We just stir it until it's moistened. You're not trying to mix everything perfectly together. And lumps are fine. You probably want to make sure there aren't dry pockets of flour just sitting around in there. And then, here's the only remotely tricky part of this recipe, besides apparently cracking the egg. We only pour half of this batter into the pan. Your guess as to what half might be. And I don't really know how to tell you to gauge that. That's on you. And then we want half of this cinnamon mixture with the brown sugar and nuts if you're using them. We're going to sprinkle half of that over the top. Now, as I mentioned, in the original recipe, it's just cinnamon and sugar. It's just sort of classic cinnamon sugar. You know, I think I should have mixed the nuts in with the batter, too. So they're all not in the ribbon. I wish I'd done that. Well, way too late now. This is quite a lot of filling. The rest is going on top, and I'd rather have more in the middle 
than on the top. So if I estimate on the generous side for this part. Now we put the rest of the batter on top of that. And I'm using a spoon instead of a silicone spatula, which I'm going to regret here in a minute because I can't get everything out. I think maybe I put too much batter in the bottom. There's not as much here to put on top as I expected, which means I'm definitely going to get my spatula out so that I can be sure I get all of this batter on the top, just in case, again, I might need it. Maybe it's because my pan is just a hair bigger than they suggested. Seems like this isn't enough batter because what we're trying to do, of course, is completely cover that first layer of stuff, right? So that's going to take a little spreading out. And it would have been better if that first layer of filling was down a little toward the bottom a little further. Yeah, I can't really even get this batter to cover. What's here? Look like half at the time. Now the remaining cinnamon sugar stuff goes on top. And this would be where it's different to have it be just plain cinnamon sugar. But I have faith that my intuitions here are going to produce a good result. I just kind of think I should have put the nuts in with the batter instead of just the filling. So the, the whole of the bread had those crunchy bits. Now the last step here is to get a knife. I'm just using a regular table knife here. And cut through the batter to kind of swirl it back and forth, up and down, swirling it into the batter. I went the short way back and forth now just for the heck of it. I think I'm going to go the long way as well. That might be a mistake. I might mess up the beautiful pattern that would result, but I don't really care. It's less important to me how beautiful the swirl is than how tasty this bread is. All right, and now it goes in the oven. We're going to start it at 35 minutes in the middle of the oven. At 35 minutes, we're going to check it with a toothpick because we want the toothpick, if you poke it into the center, to come out clean. So let's start with the 35 minutes, see how it does. If we need five more minutes, we'll do that. When your toothpick also comes out clean from your loaf of however you made it, come on back to me and we'll finish this up. There's a couple tiny steps. When you get it out of the oven, just set it on a wire rack and then come back to me. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, that was interesting. My cinnamon swirl quick bread has been out of my oven for 10 minutes now, but I ended up cooking it for 50 minutes because when you stick a toothpick in it, it comes out goopy because it's hitting that filling. It's hard to find a place where you think there might not be filling. When I finally managed to get a toothpick that was sort of clean, it still had sprinkles of cinnamon and sugar on it. I decided that wasn't batter, but my first couple of times when I stuck it in, it came out with what I think was the filling gooped all over it, but I didn't know, so I might have overcooked it, but I left it in there for an extra five minutes. Now, what we want to do is run a table knife around the edge, just gently. You don't want to destroy the nice edges if you have them. (laughs) Just separate it gently from the sides of the pan. Because what we're going to do is dump this out. If you think yours isn't stuck to the sides at all, I think you might be surprised. But you can always just try. If it doesn't come out, you can go back to the knife. Now I'm going to flip this over onto the cooling rack. And all the topping just fell off. And now I'm going to flip it back over right side up. Oh, 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 don't do that. Well, it all just fell apart. I'm going to see if I can put it back together. Because... I think it should have a picture for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And I'm not sure it's done even now. Isn't that interesting? It's a little doughy. So I think I'm going to leave it. It's still hot enough probably that it'll continue to cook a little bit. I'm going to sprinkle the rest of this topping that just came off back over the top. Try to fill in the hole I just made. And while I'm hoping it'll cook just a tiny bit more, let's make the glaze. It seems like it shouldn't need a glaze, but we're going to use a glaze anyway. So in a tiny bowl, in a small bowl, put a quarter of a cup of powdered sugar. And then if you have 2% milk, that's what this recipe suggests. I don't have any 2% milk. I have heavy cream, though, so that's what I'm going to use. And we're going to start by adding a tablespoon of milk or cream, whatever you're using, to the powdered sugar and then stir it up. What we don't want to do is get it too thin. And if you add a whole bunch of milk at the same time, you'll be surprised how thin it gets and how quickly it does that. At one tablespoon of cream, it's kind of thick, but it's still really runny. I'm not sure I want it any thinner than that. I'll put in a couple more drips just for good measure, but I think it's not going to even need one and a half for mine. You can go up to two. If you like your glaze thinner, 
Keep adding the milk just a tiny bit at a time until you get the consistency that you think you want. And then what I think I'm going to do is put a piece of parchment paper down on the cutting board that I'm using to cool it. And then put the loaf, which is still on the cooling rack, put that whole contraption over the top of the parchment paper. And then, of course, the last step is to drizzle this treat with the glaze. Just use a spoon and kind of drizzle it over the top. Try not to get too much all in one place. The heat of this loaf is going to continue to melt the glaze. Just know that if you want it not to melt at all, you want to wait a little bit. I may do some now and some later. See what we get. You probably want to let it cool completely before you try to cut it or else you're just going to squish it and it's going to crumble. And then you can slice it and enjoy it. And we'll see how my modifications changed it from just cinnamon bread to cinnamon, pecan, brown sugar, vanilla, nutmeg bread. <laughs> this would obviously be good for breakfast or tea if you do tea. I think it could be served for dessert because I think it's going to be pretty rich, but I won't know that until we try it. If you wanted to serve it with scrambled eggs, you could find my method for scrambling eggs on the cookalongpodcast.com. And it's called Scrambled Eggs My Way. If you wanted to serve it with some other tasty sweet treats for a holiday breakfast or brunch or something, you can find a lot of fun things on my website. Please tell one person today that you listen to the Cook Along podcast. Word of mouth is my only real advertising. Reach out to me if you have questions or comments. Please feel free to leave comments and questions on my website, either on the specific recipe or on the contact me page. Look for pictures of the process and the final product. And until next time, happy cooking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi. K-O-F-I.com slash the Cook Along Podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.